Okay, here's the thing. If you know who Chewbacca the Wookiee is without me having to say the big hairy guy, and you're absolutely positive that this is a lightsaber and not a lightsaber, this documentary may not be for you. Chances are you're a Star Wars fan. You probably hummed that in the shower. Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! And that's the fun insult you'll use with your friends. 38 years ago, in 1977, the very first Star Wars movie was released. It was the highest-grossing film of the time, won six Oscars, and became, quite simply, a cultural phenomenon. That's no moon. It's a space station. 38 years later, it's on course to make history all over again. This time with Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. It's expected it'll break all film records to become the biggest box office success in history and the most watched film ever. Its release at midnight on Thursday the 17th of December will be a moment in movie history. So, why all the hype? This is the tie I wore to my um, confirmation. So at the top is Han, Obi-Wan, Leia, Luke, and then Vader, and it says a little tiny Star Wars at the bottom. Matthew O'Brien can give us some answers. He's a Star Wars super fan. You know the way you pick your name for your confirmation? I picked Luke, naturally. <laughs> when the bishop just looked down at my tie and had the bitterest look of contempt. And I said, I remember that moment. That was my moment. I think I cancelled my subscription to the Catholic Church. It was like after that, I was like, going, yeah, this isn't for me. If you can't support the fact that I want to live in a galaxy far, far away, I'm gone. Sorry. It's August 2015, and Matthew is on a countdown. T minus 123. 123 days to go to blast off, or the release of The Force Awakens. This is basically where I keep all my nerd stuff and Star Wars memorabilia. This is just stuff that I've accrued over the last, say, year and a half. Matthew's from Slane in County Meath and lives with his fiancée in Selbridge. At home, he's been allowed to have one whole room for Star Wars. This is an E11 uh, Stormtrooper blaster that I built from scratch. So it's like, a, it's based on a Sterling MG, a World War II gun. He's tall and skinny, has bright blue eyes and a mop of floppy brown hair that he constantly runs his hand through. And is that rare thing, a busy actor. Who's a little furry bear there? It's just a little teddy. Um, he's, he's wearing a Jedi robe. His room is kind of astonishing. Floor to ceiling shelves packed with stuff. There was two helmets there belonging to two costumes that I currently troop as. Matthew's in a Star Wars costuming club called the Emerald Garrison. It's a group of dedicated fans who dress up as characters from the movies and appear at large public events. They describe their dressing up as trooping. Top one there is Boba Fett and the bottom one there is, um, is just a standard stormtrooper. That's the thing about Star Wars. You might think you don't know anything about it, but I bet you know who Darth Vader is and I bet you know what he sounds like. It's seeped into popular culture. Hey, Luke, may the force be with you. Well, may the force be with you is, it's a line that manages to condense everything that is Star Wars into a few little words. Tom Kennedy lectures in film history at the National Film School in Dunleary. May the force be with you. And when you say it to somebody, may the force be with you, it's not those couple of words that connect, it's the entire Star Wars universe that connects to somebody. Oh, 
that would be great. And I know that even when people who have never seen Star Wars, when you say May the Force be with you, they know exactly what you're talking about. Even though they've no idea where it sits in the film, they still know exactly what you're talking about. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. Matthew wasn't even born when the original three Star Wars movies came out. There was Star Wars A New Hope in 1977, The Empire Strikes Back in 1980 and Return of the Jedi in 83. He was four years old when he first heard this movie theme. He was watching a video recorded off the television. The film began with an opening script that rolled up from the bottom of the screen. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. R2-D2, where are you? Everything's just locked in. Everything had shaped then. I remember being completely aware of where I was. And I remember going, this is important. Whatever this is, is important. Needless, I didn't know how important it would be to me. But I remember watching and seeing it and going, this is something. You know, I really paid attention. Where have you been? They're heading in this direction. What are we going to do? We'll be sent to the spice mines of Kessel, smashed into who knows what. Wait a minute, where are you going? I remember seeing stormtroopers in the white armour. I remember seeing Vader for the first time. I remember seeing C-3PO, gold. You know, these very striking colours and I can never quite tell you how deep it affected me. And I know that kind of, you could scoff at that, you could somewhat laugh, I suppose. But everyone kind of, suppose, has that moment in their life where they remember being completely conscious and aware. Remembering that moment. Do you remember that moment? Yes, I remember it completely. The movie was Star Wars. It was later subtitled A New Hope. And if you've managed to avoid it all these years, here's the dummy's guide. In the story, Luke Skywalker is a farm boy living on Tatooine, the kind of planet where nothing ever happens. And when he buys a couple of drones to help on the farm, it turns out that R2-D2, the cute little blue and chrome robot, is carrying an SOS from Princess Leia to Obi-Wan Kenobi, played in an Oscar-nominated performance by Alec Guinness, asking for help to protect her planet, Alderaan, from the evil empire. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Luke gets involved, meets Han Solo, that's Harrison Ford, and Chewbacca, the space cowboys, learns the way of the Force, rescues the princess, helps destroy the baddies Death Star, and gets a hero's welcome and a medal at the end. This is it. This is what I like. This is my jam. You know, and from then on in, it's like locked in, locked in hard. You know, you think as a kid when you watch something on TV that it's real. You don't think that it's a fiction. You don't think that it's like anything, you know, that's man-made. You think that someone has just taken a camera, went out and filmed this stuff in space. So it was kind of... Oh. Close up in one neat little box. You know, it starts and it finishes. You know, they beat, they defeat the empire, and everybody lives happy ever after. They all get their little medals on stage, and it's all great. Later, then they decide to make the next film, The Empire Strikes Back, and that that reorganizes things somewhat. And uh, all of a sudden, there's a relationship between Luke Skywalker and um, his father. Obi Wan never told you what happened to your father. Empire is the movie with the stunning revelation that Luke's father is in fact the biggest baddie in the universe. I am your father. And the one where Yoda, the Jedi Master, gives Luke brilliant advice. Always with you, it cannot be done. 
It's got its place in movie history and a special place in Matthew's heart. I've watched Yoda give advice to Luke Skywalker six, seven hundred times. Hear you nothing that I say. Master, moving stones around is one thing. This is totally different. No, no different. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. He's like the, the wisdom, the wisdom. Everyone needs Yoda in their life. You know, it just tells you basically to chill out, calm down, think about stuff, be aware, be present, uh, be open, be one with the force. But, you know, every time I watch it, I can just take something new from it. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Here's the thing for you, right? If you're ever having a bad time of anything, watch the scene in Empire Strikes Back where Luke goes to Dagobah, right? And finds Yoda. There's never been a time in my life, be, albeit happy or sad, that I haven't watched that and taken something away from it. Something, literally something. Uh, tiniest little morsel of, of, of information. And it's just my go-to. It's like my book of Zen, my little book of calm. That's a pretty interesting way of living your life, the way Matthew does with Star Wars, an iconic movie franchise, as your Bible, your book of calm. All right, don't lose your temper. I'll come right back and give you a hand. A bit like the way Han Solo can understand Chewbacca the Wookiee, Matthew's fiancée, Diane, understands Matthew. She gets him. Chewie. Their dog is called Chewie. Come over here, please. Which kind of says it all. Even so, some of that Star Wars fan thing can be, well, let's say, challenging. The collecting, for example. You kind of go, oh, I like a movie, I'll get a t-shirt. And actually, subsequently, you'd end up with three t-shirts, you know. I took every t-shirt out and I folded them all up and put them on the hangers. And I counted them. We had 88 Star Wars t-shirts. Who needs 88 t-shirts? But Matt doesn't throw anything out, you see. We're four and a half years together. You know, she's just she's just brilliant. She's a very, very patient woman. She's very, very, very kind, exceptionally clever. And she's just, she's definitely the yin to my yang. Afraid I was going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss? I just assume you're so wookie. I can arrange that. You can use a good kiss! Diane is an actor as well, and the two of them met on stage. And I was so nervous, I was so nervous. And I ran in and she put her hand on my chest. <laughs> and I could see her face drop. My heart was literally going. <laughs> Remember his heart was like, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, that's interesting. I remember looking at me. You know, I was, I just, she, like, she knew, but I, I knew, I didn't know whether she liked me back. But she goes, it was like this awkward moment. And then I had to kiss her. So I did that. I kissed her. And then I came away from the kiss and I couldn't remember my line. I just flummoxed it. Maybe it's surprising that Matthew's in a relationship. Nerdy guy obsessed with the sci-fi universe. But Matthew has a full and busy life. He's got Diane, he's a professional actor, and he's crazy about Star Wars. I believe in that dream. I believe in him. You were there too. You must have felt so many inspirations. This is him on stage at the new theatre in Dublin's Temple Bar. I don't reconcile this with the other side of him either. You'd think he'd love to bring both parts of his life together and be in a Star Wars movie. Star Wars to me was very, very personal. It's like, it's what I used to get away from it. Like, it inspired me to act. But it's, it's definitely something that I'd come home to and go, 
that's separate. You know what I mean? Even when it was coming up there with um, the open call castings for Star Wars. As a professional actor, I go and I, I do gigs that my agent will get me. The idea of queuing up, I, d- I just, I don't know, I felt really wrong about it. And I didn't want to do it. So I, I, I decided against going to it. And I was in massive conflict about it because I was there going, Jesus, if I, if I go and maybe, maybe something will happen. But at the same time, I was like, no, no, it's separate to me. I can't, I, as much as I'd love to be in them, I really would like the distinction between them. I don't know if I'd ever be able to watch myself in a Star Wars film. I'd be the same. It would ruin it all for me. In Return of the Jedi, Luke Skywalker battles the evil Empire, becomes a Jedi, and helps to redeem his father, Darth Vader. Leave me? No, you're coming with me. I'll not leave you here, I've got to save you. You're already Luke. You were right. You were right about me. Vader like rejects his dark side and becomes light again like that's to me it's a beautiful piece of cinema because his son he comes back and he goes okay I did wrong things but I always thought of Star Wars massively as redemption Star Wars gives Matthew a blueprint for living a moral code the, the big thing about the dark and the light side it's just human we can be very bad people but we can also be exceptionally good people like for example I, I find more morality in, in watching Star Wars than and like, I can't name scripture, but I can name scenes in Star Wars to demonstrate a point. And is that ultimately not the point of religion? To be able to go identify what's right and wrong and go, oh, remember this bit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Remember the scene? Where... <laughs> and that's all it is. Just live cool. You can tell this isn't airy-fairy. It's practical, like the way he holds on to his inner child. I remember making this promise to my 10-year-old self. I suppose it's the Peter Pan thing, isn't it? Not fear of growing up. But fear of forgetting what fun was. Do you know what I mean? Like, I knew what fun was from watching films. Not just Star Wars, but doing other things. Like, doing trios and stuff like that. And I remember very specifically saying to myself, I won't forget you. But I do. I'll, I'll, I'll consult him on certain things. Because I believe that in life, like, that distinction between... Of course, everyone has to grow up and move on. But the spark of play and the spark of, of um, fun definitely gets dulled through adulthood. And we have to remember that we had this other side. It's probably not a lot of fun being a die-hard Star Wars fan, stuck indoors with your memorabilia. It's ridiculous. Going online to talk to other fans occasionally, never really meeting other Earth dwellers. I spent a little wiggle there and I managed to avoid it the whole lot. There's a shop called Gamers World on the corner of Jervis Street in Dublin. Board games and console games are sold out in the front, but out the back it's a large room. The walls are postered with superheroes and comic icons and it's full of tables and chairs. The tables are made of big slabs of plywood covered with baize cloth. It's a tabletop game, Star Wars Imperial Assault, and it's like um, everyone gets two actions, basically. Um, This is where you'll find Matthew and some friends every Friday playing board games. Uh, I've got combat Not Scrabble or Cluedo. They're not moving little Miss Scarlets and Colonel Mustards around the board. The atmosphere is really nice. They aren't messing. They're serious about the game, but having fun at the same time. So two damage, isn't it? Two damage, yeah. There's a rich tradition there of people like ourselves in all walks of life who enjoy putting little figures down on tables, moving them around. (laughs) (laughs) Have a bit of crack. You know, if you 
think of it like a lot of people play computer games which are quite immersive. This is a lot more social where we get to meet up once, twice a week. This is how we let off steam. It's nice and relaxed, very social. We get to interact with each other in the same room rather than sitting across the world at a keyboard or in front of a console. Kevin's got a Star Wars app on his phone. So, for example, when the ATST explodes... Yeah. <laughs> Some people play football, people go drink, and we just meet up and do this. Yeah, OK, I'm going to re-roll this. I'm going to re-roll yeah. one dice. Oh, still didn't help. <laughs> OK, so, so would, you like me, would you like me to help you re-roll a dice? The entire Star Wars saga, as conceived of by its creator George Lucas, is a series of six films, or episodes. But they weren't released in that order. The original trilogy are episodes four, five, and six. Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Episodes one, two, and three, The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith, came afterwards. The saga takes on you know, a new dimension. It's no longer gonna be about Luke Skywalker, but we go right back in time and it becomes about Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker's father, Darth Vader. And we watch him progress through, you know, the Phantom Menace, Clone Wars, the, um, the Revenge of the Sith. Oh, brilliant. You, know, you never, I never for a moment contemplated that it would be about Darth Vader. And Darth Vader would become, a, you know, a central figure amongst the whole narrative. But exactly what it became. Four, five, six, okay. Four, five, six are the original ones from that were made in the 70s, the 80s, okay? One, two, three are the prequels. Watch them like this. Four, five, six. One, two, three. That's the only thing I'd say to you. Watch them like that. The prequels didn't go down well with the fans. I think they, they felt a bit too clean. The, the story wasn't quite there. It felt very shallow, the way it was filmed and the dialogue and... The thing was, when you actually look at the story that's there, it's not a shallow story. Like, it's a very political story. It's like, there's lots of stuff to it, but it was just presented in a very shallow way. I'm not sure, I just heard mine. He'd like to be able to say he's from a galaxy far, far away, but Matthew's family home is in Slane, County Meath. His mum and dad, Catherine and Jimmy, live there. Where did Matthew get his obsession with collecting from? Can you read that? Um, Maybe this is where. I do this, yeah. Where, yeah, okay, there's a T there. Yeah, R-I-T-O-N. Triton. Yeah, there was not a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew's dad, Jimmy. It's a motorbike I'm restoring. Like you see some lads, I love Mary, I love Josie, I love Eamor, all this, and, you know, and that's... Didn't want that. Either. I just wanted some. Everybody, most people that gets tattoos done, it, it means something to them. Oh, that's not it. Bring me the hydro spanners. Jimmy is a mechanic, and his collection is out in the yard. I just just to shed at the back of the house now. That I, this is where I kind of started doing work here first, and um, that's my own car, the old Mercedes. That's the Mustang. This is a 1963 Lincoln Continental. It's just got the old retro interior leather. Beige leather, I'd call it, seating, and um, black carpet, upholstery carpet on it. I think it's black roof cloth, or no, grey roof cloth. Just proper retro for the year 63, you know what I mean? And the shed is where Matthew and Jimmy built the speeder bikes. 
Star Wars speeder bikes. The kind that Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia ride through the forest in Return of the Jedi. I built it out of plywood. I, I basically got the schematics online and then I scaled them up and then got the measurements for the little bits of what's called greeblies on the side of them. You know, little things that make it look like a real functioning vehicle. So I built them all out of plywood, built the spine of it, and then we got um, well, insulation foam board. And then you basically can carve that with a knife. And then Pops would come along then and he'd do, basically, he'd fill it all in and then we'd sand it down, spray it up. And Dad did all the, the pedals and he actually made the stand that it sits on. So we made three of them in total. The first one took the longest. <laughs> and then the boys liked it so much in the club that they were like, make two more of them. So when you were doing that project with Matt, that was obviously a fun thing for the two of you to do. Yeah. It was, yeah. Like, up until about half 11 at night, it was great fun. <laughs> After that now, you know. But I, you know, it was good. It was nice to see them done. And then obviously through Star Wars, then I was going, yeah, dad is Darth Vader. You know, that kind of stuff. And obviously he wasn't. But in my head he was. And everything he stood for was the Empire. And I was a rebel. I was Luke Skywalker. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's as simple as that. You can relate it back then to, to, to my love of Star Wars. So upstairs, just so you know, hasn't been finished. So it's a, it's In his parents' house, Matthew shows me the attic where he keeps the rest of his Star Wars collection. It's <laughs> just for your own safety. There's the usual junk from family life. Decorations, old suitcases, the oddments that you just can't seem to throw out. But Matthew's section feels like the storage space of a museum. Um, and this is like literally just boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff. Uh, ranging from like old figures, Star Wars action figures, seals from the Phantom Menace. They're all in there. Princess Leia, Obi-Wan, the Emperor, Tusken Raiders. So they're all package these are from 97 so this is when I just kind of decided to keep them in their boxes I used to have uh, all the soundtracks on tape and I used to listen to them like religiously this is like a folder of stuff coming up to the Phantom Menace and uh, what's really interesting about this is that it's like all paper clippings like every Star Wars fan we were like super super excited you know and any bit of information that came out, like we were we were collecting it and making sure that we kind of kept it safe. So like everything. So what do we have here? Emperor Strikes Back. Star Wars Hunk Harrison admits, I love Hoovering. So like, you know, they were really... <laughs> this was like, what was this? 99. 14th of July, 99. <laughs> you know what I mean? Paper oh God, the sun. So there we go. So if your son was 30 and still buying toys and getting excited about robots and spaceships the same way he was at seven, you might be concerned. But Jimmy and Catherine have their own way of understanding Matthew's Star Wars thing. It was like you get a new blouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get a, uh, pull another car of a ditch or uh, someone drives in with a car that's restored. You slag him. I don't mean it. You slag him. Oh, yeah, that's why you wind him up. But yeah. I won't say he knows it's different, but... Uh, Everybody, everybody should own. Like, I'd sooner see him at that because the stuff he has up there, some of it, if he wanted to sell it, could be worth money or whatever. But the bad to see him at that than being one of the bad characters in any pub in the country. You know what I mean? That's the way I look at it. So. While his family are fine with his love of Star Wars, Matthew was bullied in school for being different. It's just the way people try, try and rationalise what they don't like about you. Do you know that kind of thing? They're not just contenting themselves to do what they want. They have to go out there and make someone feel crap for what they want to do. Now it's accepted, <coughs> that whole 
Big Bang Theory, the whole lot. It's accepted to be a bit nerdy, to be a bit liking something different. Mm. Alt. But alternate, yeah. There's a whole, there's a thing for that now. And nobody would dare go, oh, you're into that. Haha. <laughs> you know, it's it's gone. T minus 97. Grafton Street in Dublin. Only one shop is open. Why? Well, it's midnight on the 3rd of September. Tomorrow is Force Friday. Three months to the release of The Force Awakens and it's a big day for the Star Wars community. Three, two, one! The day that the Disney shop starts selling the merchandise, mostly toys, for the new Star Wars movie. Disney bought Lucasfilm, the original film company, in 2012 for just over $4 billion so they could now make three new Star Wars films. And merchandising is a key way of getting a return on their investment. Lucas himself connected to the merchandising straight away. Tom Kennedy. The original six movies, they made over four billion movie-wise, but they made over 30 billion through the DVDs, screenings on TV and merchandise. So it's a lot of money for a franchise to, to make. So you can see why Disney bought it for four billion. And, and will push it in, this, in a way that George Lucas didn't push it over the last few years. What did I what get? Did you get? I, I got um, a Kylo Ren and I got Captain Phasma as well. Matthew's been shopping. He's queued for hours. Captain Phasma is here. She's the female stormtrooper, played by Gwendolyn Christie. And then I got Kylo Ren, which they don't have any more of. So I think I've got, the, <laughs> got one of the last ones. Uh, and a stormtrooper and flametrooper as well. So they're the new ones, the new First Order ones. So these are all new to me as well. People connect to the merchandise of the films. What they're doing is they're taking the film and they're taking it off the screen, literally bringing it into their own homes and creating their own stories, especially kids, are creating their own stories with these um, small characters and their, their vehicles and everything else. So that the Star Wars universe no longer just stays on the screen, but actually enters our homes and enters the imagination of it beyond the boundaries of the simple storylines that um, Lucas would have put forward for us. Oh, there's the, there's the chrome lady, is this it? Is, yeah, chrome is it? Chrome lady, yeah. Chrome lady, I'm going to call chrome her chrome lady. Yeah. How cool is that voice like? That's amazing. Disney have done serious pre-sales work on The Force Awakens. You may have seen the trailers. They've been the most watched videos on the internet this year. With over 130 million views on YouTube. The Force is strong in my family. My father has it. sister has it. You have that power too. As you can imagine, Matthew was pretty excited. Diane has watched Matthew watching the trailer. We put it on the big screen, we had it all set up and, and uh, we sat down and we watched it. And I was like, you know, in my head as I'm watching it, oh yeah, it looks, looks cool, looks, you know, like a cool movie, yeah. Look forward to seeing that, like, look over him, welling up, like, on the couch. And we're like, Matthew, how many times have you watched it? 
about 20. And you're going, really? It's, you know. But it just, it resonates with him, like, you know. And that's, he just loves it. Chewy. We're home. <laughs> Minus 63. 63 days to the film's opening and it's 5am. Matthew is up early. He has an epic journey to get going on. Unfortunately, we're not travelling in the Millennium Falcon or on a speeder bike or any other cool Star Wars type spaceship. We're in the car with the wipers on full. Lovely old rain. It's September but the weather is absolutely foul and we're going to be driving right into the middle of it. It's been all over the news. Last year, Lucasfilm used Skellig Michael, an island off the Kerry coast, as a location in The Force Awakens. There are two more movies in the pipeline, and the Star Wars film crew are back in Kerry to film scenes for these in this stunning location. For Matthew, it's like having the galaxy he loves on his doorstep, and he's just got to be there. So, what are you doing there? Just putting on some tunage. Tunage? Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? It's a... It's binary sunset. <laughs> it's kind of ironic considering it's raining. It's a five-hour drive from Dublin to Port McGee, the nearest harbour to the Skelligs. Plenty of time to listen to the music of Star Wars, composed by John Williams. To get out to Skellig Michael, you have to get a ferry from Port McGee. We don't fancy our chances because the weather's dire, but also because the dock is under high security. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, though, Emer, I could infiltrate that place. The ferrymen won't talk because they've signed confidentiality agreements with the film company. Are you one of the boats that goes out to the Skelligs? Yeah. All oh, right, OK, when are you next going out? And you can see how it's killing normally chatty Kerry men. Is there buzz and atmosphere around the place? Not today. Not today? <laughs> was there last night? No, not really, no. Just quiet, yeah? Very quiet, yeah. So be coming in later, aren't they? Not today. You're going to have to leave the dock place. All right, yeah. need a pass to come down. OK, where right, would you yeah. get a pass? Bundled off the pier and there's no way of getting out to the island. Disappointing for Matthew, you might think, but the force is strong with him and there's a surprise in store. Sorry, oh. Vincent is wearing jeans, a Star Wars t-shirt and a cool-looking short leather jacket. Almost the identical outfit to Matthew. And guess what? He's Port McGee's and possibly South Kerry's biggest Star Wars fan. So Star Wars as, as a concept and as a phenomenon sort of passed South Kerry and Port McGee by to a large extent. Do you know what I mean? Now some of us... Some of us actually did get catch the tail end of it. I caught the tail end of uh, Return of the Jedi, which was the second movie I ever saw in a cinema. So that was a big, kind of a big deal for me. It's, it's just great to have it in Ireland, you know what I mean? It is, and I guess you kind of multiply that then, it's great to have it in Kerry. I, was, ex I was extraordinarily excited when I found out the news. Yeah. I mean, it was just kind of ludicrous. You know, yeah. The idea of Star Wars showing up in Port McGee was just, just crazy. Yeah. But uh, now it's reality. And, and it's great that they're here. It's pretty surreal. And then they do that Star Wars fan thing. And what's your favourite Star Wars? My favourite Star Wars is, is, is going to be a pretty 
Uh, going on three. All right. Okay. One, one two, two, three. Empire, Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. back. Jinx. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard not to, right? That was excellent. Next door, Vincent's mum is nonplussed. I look at it to see the, the part that it's in. No, I may get into it at my old age, you know, if I look at it, but I never looked, so I don't know what I'm missing. We go and have a look at the skellies? Yeah. That. Oh my god, look at it like. Well, like, it can only be described as something like from Mordor. Like these jagged, kind of tipped. I don't know what a child would draw as a mountain. <laughs> these real jaggedy tipped. That's incredible. I just, I'm, my breath is taken away with that. It's just amazing. When you see it like against a backdrop, like that, you know, just the ocean and then popping up through it. Like, it's perfect. Oh my God. Here we are, Star Wars. Star Wars in Ireland. <laughs> I just like a small child, like, where is it? Where is it? Is that where they're doing the Star Wars? <laughs> That's incredible. And like Vincent was saying, like that he thinks uh, Daisy Ridley's out there, yeah. I, but then another part of me thinks it may be Finn, it may be uh, John Boyega. I, I think it's either one of those. But I could be wrong, it could be Kylo Ryan, it could be Adam Driver goes out there and is like, confronts Luke, I don't know, I don't know. And I hate to be su too speculative either way. Uh, but I love it as well, I just can't stop thinking about it, I can't think, like, you know, I have, I have to figure this out, you know. It's like Abrams has given us all these little clues and it's up to us to like kind of uh, piece them together. Like, and uh, it's not even up to us. We have to enjoy it too. I have to go and enjoy this film. Matthew's on a high down in Kerry. His head is full of speculation and changing ideas about the December release. But things are in flux in his own life too. He and Diane are on a break and the engagement is off. We've been meeting, talking. Sometimes the talks have gone great. And you come away going, great, yeah, we're on track. Then other talks we've had come away going, that's it, done. It's really hard when you're with somebody every day and then you're not. You know, Matt kind of struggled with, you know, how are we going to be with each other? Well, we're just going to not see each other. And I just said, well, it just doesn't feel natural. So we're just taking each day as it comes and seeing how we feel about it. T minus 57. This is like the biggest kind of box I have and it's the most awkward thing. Try to keep the armour like uh, in good condition. This is Invasion at the National Show Centre in Dublin and Matthew's costume is taking up the whole boot. I have to find out what we're going to change and stuff like that. I don't know. Invasion is like know? a Star Wars convention. Yeah, Maybe like there's... Fashion Week in Milan or the Web Summit. It's the place you want to be if you're a fan. There are stalls yeah, and displays and shops. You know. Peter Mayhew, who plays Chewbacca the Wookiee in the movies, is signing autographs. But Matthew's not here to hang around. He's wheeling his big box into the changing room. The costume is worth thousands. So what we do is we need to get all the bits out first and try and make sure we have everything. And it isn't some lame Halloween costume. It's the real deal. 
His costuming club, the Emerald Garrison, are here. Fans who dress up as characters from the movies and appear at charity events. Feeling good, yeah. Once this is on, you might be able to hear me. Matthew's costume is the helmeted bounty hunter from Star Wars, Boba Fett. Fett is a is a rather awkward character to his truth, so he is. He kind of has multiple components, and he's kind of he looks a bit banged up and stuff. But uh, yeah, a bit awkward, but we love him. On the face of it, these crazy Star Wars fans are nerds. They're obsessive, they know everything there is to know about the Star Wars universe, they save up for expensive toys, and they dress up. But there's another side to these people. In fact, Matthew's club, the Emerald Garrison, don't get paid for their appearances, and all the money raised at Invasion and other events goes to charities like Lighted Up Gold, a charity for children with cancer. Children like Dylan. And what, tell me, what is it that you like about it? About Star Wars, everything. I just, I don't know, it's, I mean, I like fan, a lot of fantasy things. It's just because they're not real, I suppose. And that there's always, in almost every movie, there's always a positive outcome, which doesn't happen in real life like, most of the time. You know, I mean, with wars and stuff and ch children who don't survive after, you know, being ill, but that. How are you? Did you enjoy, your, did you enjoy it so far? It was so Dylan and Matthew hit it off. So when are you getting your Obi-Wan Kenobi costume done? Um, hopefully before um, Invasion in London. I mean, not Invasion. Uh, celebration. Um, celebration in London. Nice yeah. one. I'll be there too. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. be awesome. But can I ask you, why do you like Boba Fett? I don't know. He's always, even since I was little, I didn't even know much about him. I didn't know his name or anything. When I was little, I used to see him in movies and thought he's just so cool. Yeah, he's the coolest. He, I just thought, like, he, I didn't know what he was. I, I thought he was, like, a green stormtrooper. I didn't know, because yeah. he was, you know, he was with Vader and stuff. But I was like, wow, he's just so cool. He's so cool. Yeah, I loved him all my life. Just as soon as I was a kid. It's like, at exactly your age, I was like, Fed is the man. You it's know, kind of like glimpsing the future and the past when you listen to Dylan and Matthew chatting. They're so alike. I always thought either Luke and then it was... It the was same like, delight, the same enthusiasm, the same love for Star Wars. In the comics, and that's the remarkable thing about this movie saga. It's appeal across all the generations. There are new fans coming on board all the time. It's about anybody. So it's an anybody story or an everybody story. And right at the heart of Star Wars is the idea of mythology. It's a mythological kind of narrative. It follows you know, a student and his master on their journey of enlightenment, if you will, against a certain evil, which is what Hollywood uses now constantly over and over again, the hero's journey. Star Wars kind of captured it beautifully and what's great about that mythological narrative is it's not culturally specific anybody could be Luke Skywalker and they go off on this journey and it's about learning and developing and changing and becoming you know a better person Matthew and Diane are still in touch we all evolve we all change we all learn things but he relates it all back to Star Wars I mean there are worse things to use as a reflection for your own life you know She's in London, but she'll be home in time for The Force Awakens. It's kind of like Matthew's subconscious is Star Wars. And with the advent of the new films comes a whole new part of Matthew's subconscious, you know? So uh, it's going to be a game changer for him. See what happens. It's like, it is part of my DNA. Yeah, but it's part of me. It's intrinsically part of who I am. So like... You know, it's, it, what I do appreciate about Star Wars 2 is the ability to inspire me to pursue my destiny and my style and my way of doing stuff. Needless to say, Matthew's booked his tickets for the new movie for the midnight showing on Thursday the 17th of December.
That's 26 days time. And there we go. Yes, Five. secured. Four. I am confirmed to be Three. the Force Awakens. Two, one, yay! Ignition, blast off, 